You made it, Flyers fans. The season is just about over. Now we look to the offseason. What does it all look like? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 149 of Orange and Back Check. So glad you are here. Make sure you have subscribed to us, following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all that good stuff. And man, we were a game and a half a game remaining. I don't know how you want to say it, our game and a half remaining. We're we're in the final six minutes of the Columbus versus Flyers game tied at three. Uh, so we'll get a real-time reaction if anything happens there on the pod. But uh, as always, across from me is a guy who continues to try and say how great this all is, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? I'm sorry. I was focused in. I was actually watching uh, my replay from last week from Beer League Hockey. So what are we doing here? What's going on, man? <laughs> We're trying to <laughs> interpret what the hell the Flyers are still. And it's been like this since October, honestly. If we're being honest, probably like July. But Yeah, you know, so I, listen, I'm, I'm going to say this right off the bat. People are going to think I'm crazy. I'm actually going to be kind of bummed that the season's like over. Because it's weird because like last year, like I was at the last game, you know, when we had the press box, it was the last game against Ottawa and it ends and it's kind of like, that's it. Like you just, there's nothing more. It was boring last year, but I've I really enjoyed how this team has kind of progressed this season. I, I, it's been fun watching guys like Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, you know, Ristolainen stepping up in his play. It, it's been fun to watch a little bit of the drama with Tony D'Angelo and uh, just seeing them just kind of work through it without a lack of talent. It just it's it's from a perspective of uh, you know watching a team develop. It's kind of neat when you when you watch it. It's not like you know like oh, they're turning a corner, but it's really cool watching the development phase if you're if you're into hockey like that. I am, so I, I enjoy watching it. No, I agree. I I don't disagree with that sentiment. Um, it's one of those things where you really got to delve into it, or you got to be really committed to it to like appreciate it because you see it with sports franchises franchises everywhere, and it's kind of more interesting to see from the outside looking in, meaning not your own team, but when your own team is going through the thralls of this kind of thing where you're building the footholds and all that good stuff, as, as Torts has talked about throughout this entire season, finding out who wants to be here. It's a slog. Like It's just for the casual fan or for even some hardcore fans that are trying to like find the silver lining in all of this, it's tough. Like we're 80, we're in game 81 as we speak uh, of the season, the final home game of the year. Torts is up in the press box and giving these young his other coaching coaches reps as head coaches and it's it's weird in that sense cuz that trickles into like what is Torts thinking? Are these rumors of him being the president going to be named the president are going to continue to slog on? Look, I'll, I'll nip it right in the butt now because we talked about it last week. I would be, we both would be absolutely floored if it's a Briere and John Tortorella front office, like completely floored. Um, I think this is strictly a guy that uh, isn't tired of it, but he is like, I've done all I can for this team behind the bench. And I'm just now going to, whether Briere is officially named, uh, GM or his name president, I have to start getting my thoughts into his head. And that's really what this is about. Like who are Torts' guys and COC had a great article uh, earlier and we'll dive into that. But like, that's all I'm seeing out of this. Like 
Torts is tired behind the bench right now. And he's just like, he's tired of reporters too. I don't know if you saw this, Scott. You and I, yeah, we were going back and forth about this. Uh, the rumor that him and Sam, Car- or not rumor, like reported uh, him, his little dust up, uh, quote unquote, blow up by some uh, beat reporters with Sam Carcitti. Like, we're at that point where you're just like, I want this season to end. I, I'm, I'm, you're over it for a guy like John Terrell that's just ready to turn the page and see what is next in terms of the rebuild. You know, so here's where I'm at. A lot of people go back and forth. This, he's not moving away from the bench. It's not happening. I'm, I just, I just can tell that you're at right now. It's not going to happen. Don't speculate, buy into the rumors, all that stuff. You know what it is? It's like you absolutely said. They're at the end of a lost season. He's helping develop his other coaches because. Tortorella knows that. I mean, it, like, it, it, you know, he knows that he stayed a year too long in Columbus. At some point, he's going to be time to, whether it's the end of this contract or even right before that, they decide to mutually part ways. He knows when it's time to move on from his team. He knows that eventually this is going to be his last time behind the bench. He's trying to groom guys that are on the bench to take over because generally it's a smoother transition rather than going outside and bring somebody else in. He's trying to, to envelop people into the 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 culture and the standard as he said all season about where the flyers need to be and developing your coaches is part of that so i thought it was really interesting how um how uh, rocky thompson came out last week and said you know some guys weren't even trying out there i'll give him another shot but i respect that hell out of that and i think that that's part of the tortorella effect rubbing off on him and brad shaw where they're going to need to be a little bit more for that because then generally as assistant coaches Assistant coaches are like the buddies, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're the good guy, the good cop, cop, bad cop type deal. That's what you have in a locker room. You have a good cop, bad cop. Assistants are more of a good cop, you know, in most cases. uh, Bad cops are, you know, but they can change, but that's the point. For someone to come out and say that, that's pretty interesting, but I like how it is giving, because think about it this way. This is also Danny Breer's first time being a GM. And while, yes, he has gone through the, the motions and the ropes of, you know, going and being in teams at lower levels, he is in the NHL at this point. And yes, he's a former player, and he knows how the business works. But seeing it from a perspective of someone from what's understood as, you know, he partially, he buys into some of the analytics from someone who simply just relies on the eye test. It's a good way to find a way to get those two kind of thoughts thing and really hammer out like, okay, where's our answer here? What's this guy? What do we think? Like a perfect example would be, I could see John Tortorella and Danny Briere up in the box discussing Morgan Frost, like a guy where like, okay, what is he showing? What is he not showing? What if his advanced stats say? What do the eye tests say? Having a complete conversation, watching him, watching a defenseman like Rasmus Ristolainen. Okay. Saying I'm, you're not going to be able to move because of that contract. Looking at a guy like pro do we need to keep him or we get value for him? Like a guy like Kevin Hayes, like Kevin Hayes, it's not working here. Columbus. He's probably going to wind up going to Columbus in the off season. What everybody's saying, especially um, Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, definitely want to give credit where credit's due. But that's the type of conversation. This is very out of the ordinary. This is not something that happens. But I think that people are looking into it because they're trying to find a storyline to attach themselves into. Like, yeah, totally. And, and that's exactly. exactly what it is. But if Tortorella is really going to be behind the bench going forward, then you're going to want to have a better idea of what you're going to need. Okay. If, if you're like, give, I'll give you an example. The conversation you're looking at Morgan Frost, you're not just looking at how he's playing. What could work with him? What does he need around him to be better? What does he do well in his game? Let's do a full breakdown of what he's doing here to find out. Is he a player that we're going to keep around? Or is he a player that just needs some pieces around him to really become better? Or is he a player that he's just not part of the solution? 
And those are the types of conversations when you're going through a quote-unquote rebuild or retool or whatever the hell they're saying it is this week. That's what needs to happen. And the most experienced guy in that in that Flyers front office is John Tortorella. So I, I, I don't have a problem with him at all of, of sitting up in the box and doing this because, I mean, look, with one game left, does it really matter? You, you've been out of playoff contention. No, nothing matters. You, you can see it on the ice. They're on a seven-game losing streak, possibly, possibly eight by the time this recording wraps tonight. Like, they're just not a... Look, you. We try and find the silver linings, and especially you, like in every of all eighty-one games that we've watched, we've watched every single one of these games. By game seventy of a lost season, where you're guaranteed the seventh overall pick, possibly six, I believe, with depending on how Phoenix goes. But just for the sake of it, I'm ninety percent sure it's going to be the seventh overall pick. Like we've done what we had to do as a as a fan base to get to this point. Like there's. Just get us to June when they do, or May, whenever they're doing the lottery, to figure out if we legitimately might get Connor Bedard or whoever we're going to get at the the pick in June um, at seven. Like that's just kind of where we're at. Doesn't seem like like they're on a seven game losing streak. They don't seem to. They're just trying to get to the end of their ropes here. Like you're not. Uh, everyone's trying to do their own thing because, like you said, Kevin Hayes not going to be on the team next year. Uh, and you got to figure out who it honestly is. And even the guys that you think are, you have to consider, are they here next year? And following up to that, are they here in long enough to make an impact on a contending team that you hope to have in whatever amount of set years? I'm not going to say two to three years because we just don't know. Like, we truly don't know. We've been saying two or three years. The running joke is obviously we've been saying two or three years for 10 years now. So... Like you have to like TK Travis connecting is a great example of this. He is a guy that has the respect of John Tortorella, but with a guy that only has two years left on his deal going into next season, is he worth keeping and not getting value out of his, his tenure and his, and his, uh, his potential capital to restock the cupboard as you say or as anybody says like that's really conversations and i'm not saying that they're going to trade tk on 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 uh draft night or whatever but like those conversations have to be had because torts if torts is not the president which we anticipate it he can only have so much say like yes he will put a worm in danny's ear of saying i like tk i like him but if someone comes a call in and says, look, we'll give you X, Y, Z for Travis connecting because we see value out of them. And this is where you are as a franchise or whatever those negotiations go. You're going to think long and hard as Danny Briere will on what that looks like. Same with Morgan Frost. So I, that I said it last week. If, if anybody doesn't shock me, that shocks a lot of people. It would be Travis connecting being being shipped out of here. Listen, because he has a lot of value. But Kevin Hayes is first. Okay. So I, I don't disagree with you in a sense of I think they're going to look at everything and kind of see what player can get the most value and what makes the most sense. Like like Danny said in his press conference, it, it's not a fire sale. They this team is not like Chicago or Columbus or Arizona or, you know, uh, or or Anaheim or San Jose. They're not completely devoid of talent like they're not devoid of it. They have a lot of talent in the wings. But here's the, here's the key. 
You're trying to get better. If you look to trade a guy like Travis Konechny, then the question becomes, like we talked about with Giroux for a very long time, the question becomes, who makes up those points? I mean, look, I mean, and and that and it's key because people don't people just say, oh yeah, get get assets, get assets. Okay, but Travis Konechny trading him puts you further behind than you think. <laughs> and and and, I, and for real, because listen to this, because he's played this season after tonight 59 games he's got 56 points like he's a point per game player in the national hockey league in in 2023 that's pretty good now is he the star of your team no but the fact he's a point per game player essentially is really a positive thing so you put a good center around him maybe you get Sean Couturier back next season um you know hopefully that goes well you put him with him maybe that works maybe him tip it something along the the idea is that how are you going to make up that point per game? And, and people don't look at that enough. You look at the player and say, yeah, let's trade him. Okay, but that sets you back, what, four years? Four years before a player's even ready if you're going to trade Yeah, but I think I, I think a lot of people said the exact same thing back in 2012 or 2011 when they got rid of Richards and Carter. Okay. I think a lot I of people disagree. said that. I disagree. And, I, and I, I, I think it was – I think it is a natural thing to happen in sports where the void is just kind of – fills itself does it fill itself right away no but if we're looking at a building of this roster you know whether it's fair or not a guy like Tyson Forrester is getting a ton of praise from a guy like from John Torrell a ton of praise for a kid that young and I don't I couldn't tell you uh truthfully if that is an abnormal thing or a normal thing to get from tor- torts in his honest in his honesty or his forthrightness, but like that's a potential void, a void filler for those that what you're questioning in the gap of points produced by a guy like TK. Right. Here's my question that do you expect Tyson Forster in his first NHL season to come up and put up 60 points? No, of course not, because that would be stupid. Okay. But, that, that, but that, then why do you trade Connecty right now? Because he's not part of the solution. I, I if you don't know. think I, I, if you don't think you're gonna be able to contend in two years. And you, you also got to anticipate he's going to want a, con, a new contract going in to the 2024-2025 season, the last year of his deal. And he's going to want top forward money. Is it worth it? Like, that's really that you that that and that is what Briere's job is. That's not that is just that is not even Torts's job. He it's his influence. But Danny Briere has to ask himself an answer to himself saying, is it worth it to keep a guy like TK that might not be here when the team has the go all systems go type of mentality? Okay, so let's 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 before I dive into that point because I see your point with it. Again, I I I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I, I disagree. I don't think that you looked at his name's going to pop up, but I don't think you move connecting. Here's why: ten years ago, eleven years ago, really, the Flyers traded Mike Richards and Jeff Carter like an hour apart. So after they had linked inked long-term deals, there was the dynamics were different then. They just signed Brisgalo. They needed to get under the cap. They bought out um uh what's it called they they bought out uh Danny Briere the year after to get into compliance uh to make up for it. Trading Carter Richards at that time is because they were at the prime of their careers and they knew they weren't gonna get any better value for them. You had two centers in the National Hockey League who were at peak value at that point. That's why Mike Richards fetched a lot more. Than Jeff Carter did at that point. Jeff Carter fetched you Jake Voracek 
and the seventh overall pick, which turned out to be Sean Couturier, which were big players on this team for a long time and made immediate impacts. J- Jake made an immediate impact. It took him really about you know, a quarter of the season to really become impactful, but he really started making an impact within one season. Couturier was impactful his rookie year. It doesn't come around often. Mike Richards, on the hand, gets you Wayne Simmons and Braden Shea. Hey, the Flyers ended their seven-game win streak. Or losing streak. They beat, win, beat Columbus in overtime. Oh, so, how about that? I'm, I'm, I'm a little behind. I'm at 27 seconds right now. I mean, Provorov has the puck. Let's see what he does with it. Provorov cuts through center. I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. It was one-on-one. Here's Tippett. Tippett. Oh, Tippett, plenty of room. Oh, what a play by Owen Tippett. My God, what a goal. That was beautiful. <laughs> see, that's a, a kid that you keep, that's a kid you keep yes. around. That, Owen, that, Owen yeah. Tippett. But actually, second tonight. That could, that's a second tonight. I know you're on your your your, your uh, soapbox right now, but like that is another player that could make up these points. Tyson Forrester and Owen Tippett combined in three years could fill that void while you're also contending. You don't need a point filler or a a a, a void filler next season if you don't think you're if you're only going to be marginally better than what you are right now. Like that's really where I'm getting. Well, no, at. no, like, I, I, I know, but you need to find a way to make up those sixty points. Now, if you think that Couturier is coming back, okay, let's 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 look at fifty six points is your top score, and it's you mediocre. You're going to get seventh overall pick. You're you're near the bottom of the league. That's what it is. That's fifty six points. You take away fifty six points from one of these teams, you're at the bottom. You're going to give up Kevin Hayes, who, believe it or not, in seventy nine games now eighty has fifty four points play fifty four points. That's pretty solid. Granted, a lot of them came in earlier in the season, very but, early. But he, but he still, only has one game in the last twenty three games, or right? Something, but I that's think. my point goal, is that you, you still had a lot of points during that time. Everybody picks up different different times of the season. What's I'm and I'm seeing it's impressive is that Owen Tippett, without really having a good center to play with. Has 45 points, 24, or not 20, tonight after tonight, 26 goals, 21 assists. So he's 47 points on the season. So that's another part of it. Then you have Morgan Frost, 43 points. He's one goal away from 20 goals. Um, I don't know if he could tip one in tonight or whatnot, but I'll have to take a look at that. But uh, he has he's almost a 20-goal score. He's got actually more points than Scott Lawton and has had played three more games. I, I understand what you're saying. I don't want to keep talking in circles about this. But it, it's you can't just look at these things and say, okay, you need to find a way to get the team better. How can you get the team better the fastest way? Look at the blueprint the Flyers did in 0708. Granted, it's a different time. I'm, I, can't, I don't like to talk about what happened 15 years ago, but I'm making an example of what happened then, of the blueprint that needs to happen. You had a lot of cap space to play with at that time. You signed Danny Briere. You got traded, or you, you got a first round pick when you traded Peter Forsberg. You got Scotty Upshaw out of the deal. You flipped that first round pick back to. Nashville get the rights to both Hartnell and team in it and you addressed three solid holes that season then you go ahead <coughs> and you trade Yoni Pickenin to Edmonton and you wind up getting Jason Smith out of the deal and Joffrey Lupel so you flip turned over five players I'm sorry six players in one offseason and that's the kind of thing that this team needs to do it's not so much pull away they need to pull away guys that aren't going to be here what can you get for an Ivan Provorov yes you're gonna you're gonna lose some minutes there, but you need to find someone who's gonna be coming up that it can that can take over those minutes. Maybe Sanheim, because he's on that contract, should take over those harder minutes. And what about Kevin Hayes? You're gonna flip him. You're not gonna get much in because of that value, but that frees up some cap space if you don't retain too much. But then you gotta figure out, okay, you gotta bring Couturier back. 
You're going to need space for him. If Cam Atkinson comes back, don't forget, he's part of this team. How many points is he going to be able to put up? And then what else is out there that you could throw through the lineup that can make up the difference for guys like James Van Riemsdyk or someone like, um, let's see, you know, Brendan Lemieux, you know, his, his toughness, you know, that the way he's played good minutes. You know, Tony D'Angelo, if you move on from him, what are you getting back from him? Or you have an interim solution like Ronnie Adder, or does Cam York take another step up? Those are the questions that have to be answered here. It's not so much of, hey, let's throw a guy on the trade block and get rid of him. There's team construction here that needs to be figured out. And I think that that's a big thing that people miss and say, oh, yeah, well, we'll just trade Travis Konechny and see what we can get for him. Yeah, but where does that address the other holes you're going to wind up having on this roster after the season? Kevin Hayes, you're losing another center when you trade him. You guys are getting yeah, but you also, back. But, but, but also to the same point that you just made about Carter Hart – or excuse me – um. Jeff Carter and Mike Richards, their value was at the peak of what their value ever was going to be at that point. Is TK's value at the peak of what it is right now? Well, and that's a good point. That's a really good point because here's how I interpret this. So it's it's really apples and oranges. The Flyers had a much better team back then. They had Chris Pronger. They had Claude Giroux, who was basically in the third line back then. So you had a lot more talent in the wings. Um, you, you know, you that's they they had. Yeah, I guess trading Carter and Richards really hurt them down the line, obviously, um, especially that season because they went and won the cup. But they still had a strong enough blue line where if Pronger could have stayed healthy, they had Yarmir Yager that they were going to bring in like that and have a great year, a great 2012 run, and that playoff run against uh, the Devil. I'm not, sorry, the uh, the Penguins was, was was incredible. So my the the whole idea of this is a yes. Is he at peak value right now? Probably with two years left on his deal, teams would probably make a move for that. But I don't think it's now is the right time to trade him because the question is, can he do even better? And that's that's the question. Can can you can you maximize value next season with one year left on his deal? If the team doesn't take a step forward next year and he plays with like Sean Couturier and he puts up like seventy five points, eighty points, then teams are going to be like. You're going to trade a one-year with Glenn year left on his deal? Yeah, we want a chance to sign him. We'll give you a first-round pick. We'll give you a prospect. You get better value that way. Because if that's the case, if you have guys like Tippett and, you know, um, Tippett stepping up or even Morgan Frost stepping up, if he's able to do that, and Cam Atkinson coming back, then you can have those conversations. But until you know what's happening with that, you can't add by subtracting at this point certain players. And I don't think Konechny – is Konechny's more of an answer than he is an issue right now. Kevin Hayes is a problem. He's got, like, he just, he's not producing. He's not a fit. Tony yeah, D'Angelo, same the, thing. Yeah, the Tony, or the, uh, the Kevin Hayes thing is, one, a player thinks he is a different player than what the coach interprets him to be. Like, that's really what it comes down to. He thinks he is a, Correct, it's just not a true fit. center. Yep, and he's not a fit into this team. And that's just, but the good thing is, and, and this leads into, uh, the the blow up of what happened or the alleged blow up uh I, it, my guess is it was just sam asking a question and towards giving him attitude but i digress um it sounds like not just one but two goalies are a part of the future right now for uh the flyers not just in terms of being valuable but being on torts's good side quote unquote uh, in Carter Hart and Sam Erson. Like, both guys have completely earned the respect of, of Torts, and that's always a good thing. And obviously, Scott Lawton is that guy as well. 
um, who was the only one that rocked an A, and that leads to what happened with Sam and Torts. But before we get to that, obviously, this episode, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hockey Podcast Network. DraftKings. Oh, my goodness. I hope you did not do what I did on the first major of the year and bet on Rory McIlroy. But no, do not fear if you lost just like I did. From T to green, the best place to go in all the action happening on the links this season is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. We just had the first major of the season. We're just a few weeks away from the second one, and we got some tournaments in between. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see where what they have in store I despite him letting me down during the the last tournament the first major of the year Rory I'm still going to ride him I think he's a great great golfer but John Rahm he just won the first his second major ever that is another guy to keep your eye on to continue his tournament, his season for 2023. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and boost your odds during the weekend's golf tournament. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All of those restrictions apply. Some restrictions apply, and you can find all of the legal jargon in our episode description below. Um. This 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 has been the thing over this entire season, uh, Sam Karshidi and 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 Torts. I mean, we saw it at the pregame, or excuse me, the the, the announcement that Torts was taken over uh, for head coach, and just kind of one of those things. Everybody, every coach has a guy that they want to pick on. Sam even kind of blew it off. He's like, whatever. It basically, shit happens. Like, I don't care. I'm still gonna ask the question. It was regarding captaincy next season. Why he, I guess, Tord said something on NBC Sports Philly uh, in pregame or the whatever the, the, the show is and said, Yeah, I'm not naming a captain this season, which I thought we knew for some time now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, for like, but like, yeah, like he would not have one for next season. I swear we've known that for some time, or maybe I just assumed because there's no real no real leader on this team and the other thing is why name a captain philadelphia just blamed their last captain for all the failures that you had over the last 10 to 12 years and look what that got you it got you one of the best flyers ever just disrespected by the entire portion of the fan base why put a lame it, it would honestly be like a lame duck captaincy like why why name a captain during a rebuild name a captain as you realize that you're going to be a guy like you are competitive is honestly where I like why put Scott Lawton as the captain and just have him deal with all the bullshit of, well, you're a losing franchise and you're being led as a captain, but by Scott Lawton, that has nothing to do with why you're losing. You're losing because you don't have the roster talent bingo and that you're exactly right. And I think people just need to stop overvaluing and understand. And I, I get Sam for asking the question. It's a good, it's a good point because Scott Lawton has been the only one with a letter all season long and he's been, He's been growing, but 
Uh, it's not something you're just, oh, you were good for one season. Let me give you the let me give you the sig. Torch isn't that guy. You got to earn it from him. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And I think that, that that's actually a really big thing because it's a big thing in the locker room and it's a big thing culturally because to say you're captain of the Flyers shows a lot of different things. You think when you think captain of the Flyers, who do you automatically think of? Eric Lindros, Bobby Clark, right. Claude Giroux. Okay, yes, yeah. you, you think of those guys. You think of, you know, Bobby Clark, first and foremost, then probably Eric Lindros, okay? Then you think of, you know, a guy like, you know, Jason Smith. and then I was going to say, Jason the, Smith was up there because of... Even though it was only one like season. You, yeah, because he yeah, was, was tough, say, he was like tough you as nails. You know, you think of... You, think, you, you do think of Mike Richards in his prime. You do think of Chris Pronger when he had the C before he got hurt a couple games into it. You know, you think of Claude Giroux. You know, it's a, that's that's funny. I do you say that I Mike Richards was more of an afterthought than than Pronger, despite the tenure. Pronger for me was is more of a cap was more of a captain for me than what Mike Richards, Richards was. Richards was the captain despite, when they went to the 2010 final. Yeah, I know. That's what's funny too. Like he was, I was captain getting, in the like 07, 08 season. Or, I'm sorry, 08, 09 season. Like you know, he was he was a uh, captain during those times and stuff like that. He he had A on his on his thing. There's a lot of things inside the locker room when guys lead like that. He was a hard worker, all that stuff. But you know, you you think of guys and they all have one thing in common. They were all tough. They were all led by example. They all you know did the, did the right things they needed to do. Tortorella knows what it means to have a captain on the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll let you get through your little coffin spell here. He's having a coffin spell right now. I don't blame him. It's uh, allergy season. It sucks. But that's what happens is that you have – he's still going. That's been like 40 seconds now. You have – he identify his toughness. Tortorella's not going to give that to somebody. Somebody's got to earn from him. Somebody will have to, whether it's Lawton, whether it's they are waiting for Couturier to get healthy and come back. Whether it's Cam Atkinson, we don't know yet, but I like the fact that he's not going to say, I'm going to, when he has a captain, he'll name a captain. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm not, he's not going to force this issue for a guy that just can talk to the referee. And honestly, anyone can talk to the referee at this point. Well, you should have a letter on. You should have a letter. Those are the guys who can, but really it's like, you know, the guys who have the letters can talk to the referees and communicate it to the coach. But it's, it's not. It's not required. It's customary. It's customary, but it's not required. I mean, here's a great example. The only position in hockey where you cannot legally be a captain is a goaltender. But I think it was 2011, 2012 that Roberto Luongo was the captain, voted captain in the locker room for the Vancouver Canucks, but someone else wore the C because he wasn't allowed to. So that's what I'm saying is that that's the customary part. People in that locker room, the, the players know who the leaders are. They know. They know who the leaders are. And, and Scott Lawton represents that by wearing that A on that jersey. But what, think about it this way. When you have Sean Couturier come back, he has been had, he had the A on his jersey for the longest time. You have Cam Atkinson, who was an A in Columbus and played under Tortorella and says nothing but good things. So there's a lot of toss-up there. I don't think – here's the thing. And I think it's smart considering the Couture situation. I don't think people have they haven't looked they haven't looked at this side of it. You can't say to Scotty Lawton, "Hey, we're going to give you the C. You're going to be the captain." But when Sean Couture comes back, we're going to pull the captaincy away from you and give it to him or give it to somebody else or give it to Cam Atkinson. That's not really the way you do it. You don't have a captain. You have an A, an alternate captain, and then like some games too, like you had back in the day where um, 
sometimes they'll switch A's on certain games or their home or away. They'll have alternate captain. The Flyers did that years ago with like Ron Brindamore. Rod Brindamore sometimes would wear the C when Lindros was out, or it would sometimes be let Desjardins that would wear the C. Um, but it changes the interview. It, correct. It changes it's just leadership every game for the preseason. For the right, preseason, right. it changed every single right, game. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying is that people look too much into this, but there's bigger deal behind it. I really believe that guy like Couturier is in the wings, but he's got to earn it back too. Like just because he's been around, like he's missed almost two full seasons. So he, he's going to have to earn it back. Definitely for sure. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, I, I just, I, I don't see the big deal in trying to force the issue. And look, I, I going back to my, like it, we're, we're, we just played now the 81st game of the season. We're tired of these same questions. I'm sure towards is drained. That's why he's up in the box. Uh, whether he was going after Sam purposely or not, like that, it was just kind of like, no, nah, it happens. I just want to see the video. If, if it was a legitimate okay. blow up, the video's got to be out there somewhere. Got to be. I know Crossing Broad was talking about it. About how, we're we're joining our friends over at Crossing Broad. Release the video, yeah. Flyers. We need to see. It's it. fun. Don't don't dilly dally and do your little edit on the YouTube video, the recap. That's bullshit. Show the full video. Give us what the players or what the fans want because. We deserve this. We watched 82 games of your bullshit. Give us this, the fights that we won. And that is John Tortorella going after it with the Flyers beat. That's what we need. I agree. It's fun. It's funny when you watch it. I mean, even even sometimes our buddy Colin Newby and Colin Newby, Colin got ripped once or twice by John Tortorella. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it, it that's just how he is. And that people people you don't like to see it happen honestly you, you don't like you don't want to see it the guy like Colin like Colin's a really good hockey writer Colin asks really good questions just you know sometimes that you catch John Tortorella on a bad day and he's not going to answer you the right way or Sam when you know he's really trying to get some information out of it and he just blows them off you know you don't like to see it from the reporter's standpoint because he's just doing his job but at the same time it is fun to watch get the coach all pissed off. I really love that. I'm not going to lie. That's a secret joy that I have. I used to go back and just watch, you know, uh John Tortorella getting mad at, at reporters and saying different things. It's it's the best thing, especially when he went off with Larry Brooks. Like, you know, I guess what I'm saying, Brooksy. Well, then you waste our time. Well, then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> great. I mean, that's it's that's beautiful. It's telling a guy off. It's wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. I I think there I think people are looking a little bit too much into it, but still Release the tape. That's what we're asking for, Philadelphia Flyers. Here, like we need. That. And before we right, before that, we go, before yeah. we go, we have we have to touch on this since we're a hockey podcast. We have to touch on this. This last couple of days here, the regular season has been wild, wild. So just got a Buffalo. They're not going to make it. They just they 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 officially are not going to make the playoffs. Pittsburgh. When I checked it when we started the podcast, was tied one one with Chicago. They have 90 points right now, and they're one point out. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm looking at the score and now. And 3-1. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh might not make the playoffs. They're one point back from the Islanders, and with uh, with you know, and the Islanders have get, and Panthers both play 80, game 82 tomorrow, and the Penguins might be outside looking in, which will be the first time since uh, 2006. And the Penguins don't make the playoffs. So you know what that happens? That you know what that means? They're gonna get the top pick. No, 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 no. God, no. 
<laughs> they get Connor Bedard and Sidney Crosby. Connor Crosby's oh, leaving. God. They got to bring in Connor Bedard to replenish the you, system. You know what happens? I will lose my Here's shit. Here's going to happen. They are going to clean house. That means Hextall's gone. Burke's gone. They are going to clean house if they don't make it in. I mean, their record's respectable. Both they're 40, 30, and 10 with 90 points. And they're losing to literally, probably the worst team in the league. <laughs> How oh crazy God. is that? Legitimately the worst team in the yeah. league at 49. They're, t- they're tied minutes. with Columbus, 56 points. They'll be better. Columbus will be the worst team in the league, which the Flyers have to go to overtime to beat with a minus 113 goal differential. My God. Hey, the other thing is, and I know we got to wrap here, but I just saw this. The NHL is going to Melbourne with Phoenix and the Los Angeles Kings for a preseason game next year. Rapid thoughts on going to Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. I'm gonna put another shrimp on the bar, bay. <laughs> Good day, mate. On that note, that is gonna do it. This is the final episode of the regular season. We are off uh, for the next couple of weeks. Here, we're taking a little hiatus because we're just drained. It's been 81 games, uh, soon to be 82, as they close it out against Chicago in a couple of nights. Uh, that's what the bullshit, everybody. Tell exactly what's going on. You decided to go on a two week vacation. I am going at I am going out of town. I am leaving. Uh, if you're listening to this before Friday the 14th, I am on my way to Scotland of all places to scratch off a bucket list. I am going to be playing St. Andrews Golf Course for the first time ever, obviously, because it's a bucket list with my dad. So I'm very excited. That's for that. actually really awesome. That's awesome. Four rounds, four rounds of golf in four days, starting on Sunday the 16th or whatever that is, uh, flying over there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're taking off for that, and then you're out of town as well, almost the exact same time, yeah, but a couple I got days a work later. Conference, and then over the weekend, I've got um, did I got I to- coach my kids' t-ball team. So it's a uh, fun. Oh stuff. boy, let me tell you, it is a blast, man. I love it. So we're taking a little hiatus here. We'll probably talk again around the time of the lottery, maybe a little bit sooner. We'll keep an eye on our social trap uh, uh, channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good we'll stuff. We'll be chatting during uh, the playoffs on, on Twitter for yep. sure. We'll we'll be uh we'll keep we'll take stay interacting on that. But in the meantime, make sure you follow us on all of those platforms. They are description in the link below. Great content as always. Make sure you use promo code THPN, our hockey podcast network, our sponsors, and DraftKings Sportsbook when you sign up to get your free bonus. It's always running on DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck watching the rest of this season. It's been a draining one. Take a break. It's over. You finally made it, hockey fans. You made it, Flyers fans. Seventh overall pick, possibly six. Well, now it's probably locked up to seventh because they just won. Uh, and Phoenix probably locked up the sixth overall pick. So that's like, what, uh, 6% chance? Yeah, of I think getting between six Conor and Bedard? seven, there's a 2% so, difference. There's a chance. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Listen, I just you. watched that movie last week, which is why I use the shrimp on the barbay quote. You know, <laughs> I, I, it's a great movie, Dumb and Dumber. That's just, you know, I would go with that's that. If look, if the Flyers are going to make a documentary about their last 10 years, I think Dumb and Dumber would have to be the title of it because you'd <laughs> have a picture true. of Dave Scott and then Chuck Fletcher next to it. So, yeah, yeah. it's a great yep. point. Uh, and then just in the background, Hextall or yeah, Hextall driving the van. That's what, <laughs> you that's know, what you know what it'd doing. be? It'd be like the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, I, I'm I'm gonna just ruin the end of the movie for you. When the when, it's like a 16 year old movie, say, it's fine. You, people are driving the the girls driving across. Say, hey, we need two guys to come with us. I'm like, huh? You know, 
you idiot the town is that way and it'd be the same thing it'd be the same exact thing with with, uh, it, with the flyers yep like so the two guys are gonna be really lucky when they find that bus i mean that's uh, the truth yeah the connor bedard bus is driving away yep going to somebody make that video somebody make that superimpose the face of dave scott and chuck fletcher with connor bedard and the bikini bus and make that whole thing and that'd be absolutely perfect i would (laughs) die a happy man it's a weird way to die anyway thank you so much for listening it's been a long season that's the only way to put it long season until next time we'll talk to you on the social platforms make sure you follow us until then see you later The dingo ate your baby.